Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by actors from the San Joaquin Valley. This episode features the mystery short story, 200 Miles, written by Margaret Lucky and read by local actor Taya Juarez. 200 Miles was published in Fault Lines, stories by Northern California crime writers in March of 2019. They tell me it's not a long trip. A couple hundred miles. I've never been that far from home. Three and a half, maybe four hours. Sounds like forever, I say. No, they reply. How long you'll stay once you get there? That's forever. They notch the cuffs in the last position. I can't get my hands out, but my wrists are so delicate that the cuffs slide up and down my arm. I might like it better if the metal rings clasp my wrist tight, unmovable. The cuffs are joined by a chain fastened to the back of the seat in front of me. The bus seats are hard. The windows are scratched and smeary. The panes aren't glass, they're plastic, extra thick. On the outside, narrow metal bars run across them. The other passengers are silent, sunk deep in their thoughts, their fears, their regrets. Except for a frizzy-haired blonde chick at the very back who's screaming about innocence and revenge and how the bastard had it coming. Maybe he did. Maybe they all do. The blonde girl's using language that would have made my grandma blush and cover her ears. I can almost hear grandma's voice. Lissy, I hear you use words like that, I'll whoop you good. She would have, too. The bus lurches out of the parking lot and lumbers down the main street. This is the town I grew up in, and I'm seeing it for probably the last time. The elementary school, the Baptist church, the Frosty Freeze. People gawk as we go by. A little boy with an ice cream cone points at us, and his mother reaches down and turns his head away. The bar in Thrill where Derek bought me my first drink. The bartender didn't even check to see it was underage. Fairview Park, where Derek gave me my first kiss. The Cottonwood Motel, where he showed me what a woman does to please her man. The blonde in the back keeps yelling. Finally, they go talk to her. I don't know what they say, but she shuts up. We roll past the corner of Oak Street. Two blocks down is my grandma's house, where I grew up. A little house. Just four rooms. She put me in the attic bedroom, up under the eaves. It was my mom's room when she was a little girl. And at night, when I lay awake in the bed she had slept in, breathing the air she had breathed, I would make believe she was there with me. I would pretend that she hadn't run away and left me. That in the morning I would open my eyes and she would be there, holding out her arms. I would rush into them, and she would hold me and never let me go. Grandma had this thing about always keeping the inside of the house clean and neat, swept and dusted, perfect and untouched, as if no one really lived there. Yet, it was falling down around us. The roof leaked, and the front porch sagged, and the yard was full of weeds. One of my chores was to keep the weeds pulled, but I never saw the point. They just grew back again. Once I met Derek, I had no time for chores anyway. Grandma pretended she didn't have money for repairs, but I knew better. One day I was exploring in her bedroom, 
just trying to figure out what made her so sour and sad. I found the little leather box at the back of her underwear drawer. It had pearls in it, which I'd never seen her wear, and a gold ring, and a huge wad of cash. More than $5,000. Someone else owns the house now. Maybe it's been mended and painted. Maybe it's surrounded by neat flower beds. Maybe a real family lives there. I'll never know. My grandma never liked Derek. She told me he was a bad influence and I couldn't see him anymore. I said, the hell with that. I'm 18 now and I can do what I damn well want. I said, with Derek, I'm happy for the first time in my whole life. She slapped me then. Harder than usual. My cheek got a bad bruise. I acted like it didn't hurt. The way I always did. The bus is on the highway now. I stare through the window bars as the edges of town fade away. The gas station and the mini-mart. The tractor dealership and the feed store. Soon there's just flat prairie. Dusty and gray. Stretching out to touch dark clouds at the horizon. Here and there I see cattle grazing. I wonder where Derek is now. Is he on his own bus? The men's bus? Making a journey like mine? Or is he already at the prison? His cell door slammed shut. I'm never going to see him again. That thought squeezes my heart. A sob pushes up through my throat. I try to stop it, but I can't. I just hope no one has heard. Tears are burning my eyes, sliding down my cheeks. I don't look at anyone but keep my gaze fixed on a smudge on the window. Outside, the prairie is endless. Nothing but grass and sky, mile after mile. It'll be so easy, Derek told me. We'll just take the money and go away. Someplace by the ocean. Someplace where we'll be happy forever. I didn't know my grandma wasn't feeling well that day. I didn't know she would come home early from the church ladies' circle meeting. I didn't know Derek was carrying a gun. Screams, blood, pain, sirens. I didn't expect any of that. I didn't know that afterward I'd feel such grief, such loneliness. I'm sorry, Grandma, I whispered as they put her in the ground. I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, but I knew what day it was, the exact hour. I wept the whole time the service was going on. It was almost as if I was hearing the preacher's words, watching the dirt land on her coffin. Those were the last tears I shed, until today. Not guilty, I said to the judge. After all, it wasn't me that pulled the trigger. I yelled at Derek not to shoot. The bus leaves the highway and goes down a narrow road. A few scattered houses appear. Laundry flaps on a clothesline. Then I see it looming, the place we're headed to. High walls topped with barbed wire. A tower at the corner jabs at the sky. They make an announcement and everyone begins to stir. The blonde girl in the back starts to wail again. 
She's carrying on about injustice and self-defense and how she can't survive trapped in a cage like an animal. And with the cuffs on, I can't quite reach my hands to my face. I manage to wipe my cheeks dry with the jumpsuit sleeve. I don't want anyone to see I've been crying. The jury wouldn't look at me when they came back into the courtroom. A bad sign, the public defender said. The judge read the verdict. Guilty as charged. All my life, I've waited to hear a certain phrase. But that's sure not the one. Life in prison without parole. Not that one either. The words I long to hear, the words no one's ever said to me and no one ever will, are these. Lissy, I love you. The bus turns in at the gate. The trip is over. Forever is about to begin. This reading of 200 Miles was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about Margaret Lucky and her writing on her website, margaretlucky.com. As a mystery fan, you should consider checking out BoucherCon. BoucherCon is a big mystery conference filled with a ton of mystery fun. This year is going to be held in Sacramento and will run from October 15th through the 18th. Mystery Rats Maze podcast will be there, so be sure to say hi. You can learn more on their website, bouchercon2020.org. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. Now we'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. Now if you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.